Welcome to this Sometime Spouse Podcast. I am Christy Ogle, the host of the Sometime Spouse Podcast, and today is Ask an Expert. We have a financial expert, Mr. Matthew Boudreau. Welcome, Matthew. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we are so excited to have you. Um, we want to know a lot about what's going on in the market and that sort of thing. But before we get into that, I want to know, how did you become a financial advisor? Oh, goodness. Uh, well, one of those long, probably boring stories. But uh, initially, uh, after going through school and everything, I was in education. I was in ministry um, and music. And it, most of the time when you think of, especially education and ministry, it's not uh, very, I guess, high net worth, high earning, wealthy type of uh, situation. So I was on a mission to find all the hacks. I'm like, how do I, what's the best way to save money? How do I make money long term? And so I, I, if you know me, I'm a very analytical question asker. And I had people in my back pocket that I would constantly ask, hey, how do I do this? What do I need to do this way? And so over a period of time, kind of, I guess, learned a few things. And um, especially with a friend of mine who had gone into the financial world, he'd always say, hey, you know, you ask questions that I guess the, the, the normal person wouldn't. If you ever change careers, you should really think about this because you think of it differently. And so that was kind of always in the back of my mind. Um, and several years back, uh, I guess about 10, 15 years ago, I had the opportunity to change careers. And uh, that was in the back of my mind. And, and with a couple organizations I was with, I, I kind of got involved as a financial coach and help people plan and help just educate uh, in different ways. And it was kind of like this natural progression. Got a license here, did some insurance things, got some coaching done. And and over time when I realized, hey, this could really turn into something um, beyond part-time, which is kind of naturally progressed. Uh, Enjoy it. Enjoy the people side of it. Enjoy the planning side of it. Enjoy the education side of it. So it's just a really good fit. Well, the education side comes naturally because you were an educator previously, right? Exactly, exactly. It didn't really change that skill set, just kind of a different topic, you know? So what did you teach? Music. Music. (laughs) What age? Mostly music. Um, I've taught every age. I've taught um, public school. I've taught um, middle school age. I've taught high school age. I've taught a community college. Uh, I've done kind of the gamut. uh, And obviously... The older the age, I think, is the more enjoyable for me personally, just because the level of interaction, the level of, um, I don't know, the, the younger ages, I, I guess I can kind of say it was fun, but it was just a lot of the same stuff over and over. And uh, I like the more engaging um, type of, of interaction there. So tell us about a hobby that you really enjoy. Uh, I would say music uh, is number one. Uh, I play, I enjoy listening to music. I like going to hear music live. That uh, is up there at the top of my list along with college football. I'm a college football nerd. Um, thankfully, I live here in a college town. If I didn't, it would be very difficult for me because I'd have to to, to chase it somewhere. Um, I grew up a huge LSU fan, uh, originally from Louisiana, but coming to Waco, I've absolutely adopted them as my my hometown team. You don't have any kind of drawl or anything like that. Oh, I I left. I graduated high school in Louisiana. I grew up there my entire life. I graduated high school and left and haven't been back. I've lived I've lived in Missouri, California, Colorado, Texas. So I think all of the other places have now outweighed because uh, I have been gone there longer than I lived there. So yeah, I, other people tell me that too. 
What part of Missouri did you live in? Springfield. No way. I was born in Springfield. You were born? I, I knew you had a connection there. Yeah. Um, I don't remember what we talked about, but yeah, I, I was there for four years. I went to college, Evangel University right there in Springfield. Wow. I went to College of the Ozarks in Branson. I, I what is it? College of the Ozarks, OTC. It was SMS at the time. Now yep. it's Missouri Something State. Else. Uh, yeah. I almost took classes at all of those schools um, as I was producing. I almost stood, stayed there for my master's, ended up leaving. Um, and now I'm glad I did. But I almost lived there a little bit longer. Well, the weather's better in Texas. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and four seasons there, except for the humidity. I think that was new for me because I grew up growing up in Louisiana and the humidity and the rain and um, having actual snow on the ground was, was interesting. It, it was fun. What years were you in Missouri? Um, well, if you ask me that, I've got to give away my age. I was there 96 through 2000. Wow. I was at CFO from 96 to 98. So we were like crossed paths, I'm sure, on I-44 or something. Yeah, I wish I would have had a little bit longer. I mean, obviously, as a college student, you're limited in in to be able to do some things. Um, But but I enjoyed my time there. I got got to do a few things. I like being centrally located. I got to... I guess be close to other big cities. I'd go to St. Louis, Kansas City, even Chicago. Um, got to see those cities that I obviously wouldn't have normally been close enough to, to travel to easily. Yeah, it's a pretty cool little city. One of my favorite things about Springfield, Missouri, or Ozark, Missouri, is that Lambert's Cafe. Do you remember the throw oh, yeah. rolls? I, absolutely, Man. been there many times, and and it's funny because um, we, as family, go to um, Orange Beach, Alabama, to the beach out there. Uh huh. Uh, every couple of years and they have a Lambert's I forget where but it's it's either on the way or not too far from there and we've been there a couple of times here in the past you know 10 years or so and it reminded me of the good old college days of yeah. Lambert's and Ozark yeah and if you finished your meal there they would get refill your meal I always tried to do that in college but I never could because they give you such big portions oh huge and all the fixings portions. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Never left there hungry. No, never, never. We highly recommend Lambert's in case you're ever in a Lambert's area. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Good stuff. So let's talk about... mac and cheese. Oh, my gosh. Do you remember the, that the, the, was fried potatoes, too, that they would pass around? Yeah, they were all good. It was some sorghum something. I don't remember. I remember just yelling. You know, they walk around yelling with big yeah. pots and spoons and dumping stuff on plates and... They may not do it that way anymore. They might not throw the rolls anymore, but I remember uh, I would put my hand in front of Max's face and then try and steal steal it away. (laughs) He would get so mad because then it hit his big bald head. Oh, move out the way so that it (laughs) would hit him. Yeah, that's that's great. (laughs) You had to have those quick cat-like reflexes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So tell us what the market looked like pre-COVID. So (laughs) pre-COVID... We're coming on the end of, I mean, just a 10-year um, bullish market. I mean, record-setting here and there, unprecedented numbers of, oh, man, this is, it can't get any better, and then it gets better, and then there's like, just the past few years, they the same night, we're, we're waiting for this correction, we're waiting for some sort of, mm-hmm. uh, not necessarily crash, but, I mean, just unprecedented times of uh, values up and wealth building and, and things like that. So. As a correction might have been expected, I don't think nobody could put their their finger on pinpointing. It's going to be because of this virus, you know. It just kind of all happened yeah. all at the same time. This big intersection of crazy things, if you will. So, what happened to that record-breaking times in the the market when COVID happened? 
what happened yeah. I, I guess so i think one way really try to explain so, so you've got three things happening here okay you've got the economy doing what it's doing you've got the market doing what it's doing and then you have this virus kind of thrown into it and then so you, the market was doing well the economy was doing well um and then when the virus hit it, it slowed down obviously um talk about the unemployment numbers you can talk about all the different things that happened to that but as soon as it hit the workplace people stopped walk, working a lot of people lost their jobs a lot of people slowed down their jobs well that immediately slowed down the economy and um, when it slows down the economy everybody starts freaking out and a lot of what happens in the market is a reflection of what's happening in the economy or what they expect to happen in the economy because uh, obviously the, the beginning and the middle of March a lot of crazy extreme reaction and, and I don't know if, how close you paid attention to this this past week um, couple of days thrown in there were very high performing days because of expected reaction. And then just yesterday, um, after several days of, of, you know, the upward trajectory, we had a down day and it's all reaction. Oh. Um, a week or so, it might've been two weeks ago, you know, there was this talk of, oh, they're, they're, they're building this, um, oh, the, you know, the medication to treat the vaccines. Yeah. And so all because it was in the news that these companies were on the, on the, brink of developing these vaccines, all of a sudden the market went up. Well, it started going down again, and then all of a sudden the, the unemployment numbers came out, and they're like, oh, it wasn't as, as bad as we thought. Well, the reaction to that, the market started going up. So it, the market is very reactionary to what's going on in the economy. And the economy, you've got all the numbers being reported. Sometimes the numbers can be reported quickly. Sometimes it takes uh, the end of the month for the numbers to be reported. Sometimes it takes the end of the quarter for the numbers to be accurately reported. And all of these things, I mean, honestly, it's just, just sitting back waiting and whatever the numbers show, react upon. Um, and you've got all these moving pieces happening. So what can I do as like a normal everyday person to take care of my financial security for the future with this kind of volatility that's going on in the economy, in the market, in the world? Yeah. Well, I mean, it starts kind of on the individual. So you as an individual, you as your family, you as your business, because I know you're a business owner. Um, just instead of looking at the big picture and being reactionary, like so much you see in the headline, it's all a matter of taking control of what you can control, um, being smart with your day to day. Um, you can't necessarily plan as you were before, but planning is definitely the key. Um, and, and so a lot of the conversations that we had, you know, a lot of because businesses are slowing down, well, you know, our phone lines are just crazy because people are concerned, people are scared, people are facing the unknown, and we just bring it back to, hey, well, look at your situation under a microscope. Um, your planning is to kind of be in high gear uh, for now, and, and for some people, that means nothing's changed. Um, uh, for some people, a lot of things have changed, and so when we're talking about the market, we're talking about investments, we always come back to, hey, what's your plan? And what's your long-term plan? What's your short-term plan? And if that is affected by um, crazy markets, up and down to the markets, well, your plan needs to change. But if you know, you've know you got 20 years to work, 20 years left in your career before you have to worry about what your response to the markets are doing, then maybe nothing needs to change. And so everybody, everybody's different. Every individual situation is different based on your age, your income your employment, if, you're, if you've got a job where nothing has changed, then you don't need to do a whole lot of different. Um, now uh, we're focusing on, hey, what's your emergency fund look like, what your savings look like, because your short term might need to be a little bit more sensitive. Um, 
you know, you've got married couples where they both have jobs that are just haven't been affected. But then mm-hmm. you've also got homes where, I mean, if things have been turned upside down, can't pay the rent, can't pay the mortgage. And so um, that's why these savings, these emergency funds, these emergency methods are, are in place for times like this, because you can't predict the market. You can't, you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. We don't know what's going to happen today. It's not halfway through today. We're waiting to see what the market's going to do today based on yesterday. So, uh, so if you were talking to somebody, do they need a financial planner? Does everyone need a financial planner or only certain people? How would they know? I think everyone needs financial planning. Uh, not everyone needs to hire a financial planner. Uh, there are things, you know, when, when you're first starting out and you, there are certain measures that you need to take in place. And sometimes you can figure that out on your own. Uh, again, it depends on your job. Like we were saying, if, if you're, if you have these benefits where things are put in place for you and you're well taken care of, um, you're going to be provided uh, probably some, you know, some sort of financial advisement through the workplace situations, whether it's 401k. But when you're self-employed, uh, that's all on you. And so um, in the same way, a lot of other professional roles are needed. Uh, a lot of people might need a financial planner or a financial advisor just to kind of organize those things. Um, you know, because as a financial planner, we're, we're here to help you plan. We're here to help you think about the things that might not be on your radar, that might not be on your everyday. Um, because you're going to be hit in one way or another, whether it's, whether it's tax time, whether it's uh, the economy reacting a certain way whether it's cycles in your business, uh, certain times of year might be better for you uh, than others. And you need to be prepared for the worst times instead of just focusing on, hey, it's great right now. I'm not going to worry about that rainy day. Um, so I, I think a financial, bring, a financial planner brings value to help you think outside of, of what's in your vision. It, you can see things that might uh, creep up and, and you need to be prepared for those, those moments. So it, at some point in your life, yeah, everyone needs some sort of financial planner input, but at the point where you're now, not everybody might not might need where you're at now. So you do much more than just the market with people. I heard you say lots of different things. So tell me about the wide array of what a financial planner uh, can do for someone. Yeah. So financial planner is a very vague term. Um, I've heard people from every, from all kinds of different backgrounds of financial services use that word. Uh, some people don't like to be called a planner because they're not helping plan. Some people are just selling products and, um, you know, there's different terms for that too. But so we, we are an all inclusive financial planning firm. We're independent. We're not tied to a product. We're not tied to a specific method. We talk to people from every background, every walk of life really. And it's, it's all about them because one, like we were saying earlier about the, the preparation with what's going on in the markets, uh, with the virus and everything, everybody needs something a little bit different. Um, and so we're here to, to meet with individuals that might need something completely opposite of the next person. And, and so I think a lot of what we wear in our sleeve is the investment management. You know, as a financial advisor, we deal with all of investments. And in the investment world has a lot more regulations and procedures and disclosures and disclaimers, just all of these things that are very highly regulated. So a lot of times we have to go kind of by that protocol and filter everything through those regulations. Um, but beyond investments, uh, we do a lot of retirement planning when people get ready to retire. You know, they have these years of, of assets behind them, these years of things um, for the last, you know, 40, 50 years even, where we help them kind of cross into that world of working, uh, what they've been doing, savings, and matching that up with what assets they have. 
Um, we look at their social security picture and see how that fits into their investments. We looked at their tax planning picture and see how that fits into the investments. Because a lot of the vehicles that they have, um, it, it can make or break their tax situation. Uh, when people choose to begin taking social security can make or break um, their, their whole financial picture in retirement. Um, and, and so a lot of people come with all of these different things in their, you know, their belt, insurance products, um, pensions from work. It might be just straight investments. And so we, we help them put all those pieces together and figure out, okay, um, I could blindly do this and just figure out where am I going to pull my assets from? Or we help them organize an even timeline of, okay, you need to look at this first because where you're at in life now, you know, whether it's a health situation or whether a tax bracket might be higher or lower, uh, depending on how we rearrange things, we, we help them think through that process and maximize their, their money um, to, to last the rest of their life in the best possible situation. When should a person really start thinking about their retirement? Yesterday. <laughs> There's a saying, and of course I'm not um, going to quote it probably correctly because I was going to say it, but you know, the, best plant, the best time to plant a tree was yesterday. Um, second best time is today. Just because the roots that a lot of these things um, develop and build, it, it takes time. And so, um, you know, talking about this somewhat recently, my, my son is 16. He just started his first job. And I've already started to put that bug in here, his ear because, you know, I'm, we're in the conversation of, yeah, you got to think about your car insurance that you got to pay. You got to think about all the fun stuff uh, after you pay the required things. But we need to start talking about retirement soon because if you think of your paycheck, whether how small it is at 16, um, a small portion of that, if you just put that aside and consider it for later, you can be very wealthy um, a lot sooner in life than you think. And most people wait too long. Most people um, get all the things they want and need. And, and of course, there are a lot of necessities early uh, in that phase of life. But the sooner you can plan that, at least think it through and understand um, the consequences the results, the benefits of planning early, uh, the better. So everybody needs to at least think about that. I wish somebody would have gotten my face uh, 20 years ago and, and told me and educated me and shown me uh, the difference. Uh, I'd be a lot better, better shape uh, than I am now. I think most people can probably say it that way. Yeah, I wish somebody would have grabbed a hold of me when I was, you know, 16, 18, 20 years old, right out of college, right? right. And yeah said hey start thinking about your future you could be a millionaire by yeah. the time oh, yeah. 45 right yeah but and i don't know that i would have listened yeah it would be very easy to be a millionaire it yeah. had we known something at 20 years old yeah yeah and but i didn't take a long period of time off to raise my babies i took about mm -hmm. 10 years off to be a stay-at-home mom domestic engineer so mm -hmm. i would have had those 10-year gap but still i'd be 20 years ahead of where i am now yep. it'd be amazing well, most people you know, families who want kids it, that's an absolute need uh, in the current state it, kids are expensive there are a lot of things that come along with that um and so it, all the better reason to start early <laughs> so Matthew, if any of our listeners want to get a hold of you to do a consultation and does it cost for a consultation? Oh, absolutely not. We'll, we'll talk with anyone, have a conversation with anyone because, you know, we're obviously looking to help the clients, but we want to make sure that we're a good fit on both sides. And so a conversation needs to take place before any of that is determined. Yeah, um, he is great. He's amazing. He's helped several people that I know with their financial planning. How do they get a hold of you, Matthew? Yeah, the best way is um, 
well, there's several best ways. Uh, they can email Matt, M-A-T-T, at clearvistafinancial.com. They can come to our website, clearvistafinancial.com. Or they can call our number, 800-491-4508. Easy to find online. Um, anybody can reach out and, and find us there. Awesome. Well, before I leave, I always like to ask one fun question of our uh, experts oh. that we have on. So, Matthew, if you were stranded on a desert island and all of your human needs were met, what would be the two things that you would take with you on this desert island? So all of my human needs are met. Let's see. Does... I guess internet is not available on a desert island, so that eliminates several things that come to mind first. So I would say the first one is my guitar. Um, That's an easy one. And the second one, hmm. All my human needs are met. Yep. (laughs) I'd have to go. I have no idea. Food's taken care of. Oh, geez, Christy. I don't know. I have no idea. You got your food. You got your shelter. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming we have electricity so we can have AC. You know, that'd be miserable on a desert island. Am I alone? Am I isolated by myself on this deserted island? Like it's all alone? Totally up to you. Is that a human need? Well, yeah. I'd want my family with me. I don't know if that's that counts. I would, too. I counted them when I, I was asked this question. Oh, okay. All right. So my family and then my guitar. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much <laughs> for being on the Sometime Spouse podcast. It has been a joy. I am Christy Ogle. Thank you, Matthew Boudreaux. Thank you for having me. And if you guys need to get a hold of him, make sure and look up Clear Vista Financial. He is just amazing. Uh, You guys have a great day. And thank you for joining us for the Sometime Spouse Podcast. I am Christy Ogle.